the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The dangers and the remedy for a lukewarm church next on Times of Refreshing. It's a danger that nobody is exempt from, and we've seen it time and time again throughout history, even in our current day and age. The lukewarm church, it's spoken of by Jesus himself in Revelation chapter 3, verses 14 through 22, the letter to the church at Laodicea. And that's where we find ourselves today. Hello and welcome. This is Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman from The Well, a Christian community in Livermore, California. We're looking at the lukewarm church, the dangers, and the cure. It's all straight ahead. Join us here now with today's broadcast of Times of Refreshing, Pastor Napoleon Kaufman. Instead of us saying, you got to go to this church because the power of presence of God is there and the anointing is there and God's Holy Spirit is there and he's going to change your life. We say, you got to go to this church because they got a great children's ministry and they got great rooms and they got great. Did you see the, the building? And it looks nice, isn't it? Woo, spectacular. And so what we see here is Jesus addressing basically in so many ways. What's happening, happening to us during this period of time? And this is something that we as believers are going to have to overcome. Let me say this to you. God does not want you to be lukewarm. Can I have an amen? He wants you to be passionately in love with him, in love with his people, and to have a desire to give everything that you are for the sake of the gospel to bless somebody. And it says here, to this literal church, but also period of time in church history. He says in verse 14, and to the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write. The word Laodicean is, is a compound word. It means the rights of the people or the people's rights. It is a compound word that means the rights of the people or the people's rights. And if there ever was a time in church history where we see this going on in the church, it is now. When people will leave a church solely on the basis of the seat wasn't comfortable. Or only, do you know that following Jesus, these people didn't have a building. They walked in the desert, didn't have a children's ministry, didn't have a tape ministry, didn't have a tape deck, didn't have nothing. Half the people couldn't even hear Jesus when he was preaching. He's preaching on the mountain. They down there, what did he say? I don't know what he said. Did you hear what he said? I heard what he said. All I know is it sounded good. Whatever he said, it sounded good. It was life to me. You know, I mean, nothing. Starving for days, three days without food. And, and people complain because the seat is too hard. I didn't have enough room. Think about it, saints. You know, the drive was too far. Saints, listen, me and my wife, my wife would tell you, we got saved. I was so happy to be saved. I didn't care if I had to go to Africa. <laughs> I'm just happy to be saved. I, all I knew was I was dead in my trespasses and sin. I knew I was bad. 
Nobody even had to tell me that. I look in the mirror and say, brother, you messed up. <laughs> the brother led me to Christ. His church was, his, the church that he went to was in Sacramento. Me and my, my wife will tell you, we didn't blink. Honey, did we get in that car and drive to Sacramento? My wife pregnant. We said, she didn't have an op- option. We're going to church. Because the only thing that's going to keep us together is Jesus. We need God. And we got in that car from Alameda. We drove to Sacramento. And I, I guarantee you, my will tell you, sometimes we get to church and we beat the people that lived in Sacramento there. I'm hungry, brother. I'm like, mother, feed me. I need everything I can get. I'm trying to walk with Jesus. I'm, I'm sitting in the front row like, I'm hungry. But, you know, we got to this place in Christianity where it's all about the people's rights. So pastors have gotten to the place where instead of trying to preach and minister to the point where they're pleasing God, it's all about pleasing people. Whatever makes them happy, as long as they're not uncomfortable, as long as they feel good. And I said this last week to you. My job is not for you to come to church and you walk out of the door and always feel good. My job is to preach the word. And if I happen to step on your pinky toe while I'm preaching, just say ouch and say praise the Lord. And I'm coming back next week so I can get healed. Amen. Well, what happens is, is we have this thing. And I'm not against. I believe we need to be sensitive about people. But we, have, we cannot be sensitive about people to the point where we, we compromise God's rule and his standard. Well, what's happened? And this is what Jesus said. You have to the rights of the people. It's all about what the people want. At some point in time, we have to stop and say, it's not about what I want. It's not about what you want. It's not about what your friend says or what your spouse says. It's all about what Jesus said in his word. And we want what he wants. Amen. Well, we have to get back to this because this is what's creeping into churches, into our communities. And it's handcuffing the church from being effective. He says, this church, Laodicea, means rights of the people. He was specific. He chose this word for a reason. And this church for a reason. He says in verse 14, these things says the amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. He says, I know your works. Somebody say works. We're taught so much in Christianity that our works don't matter. But Jesus is looking at this church and he's considering their actions. Not just what they're saying. Now, I don't care. I can have a theologian. You can bring the greatest theologian and the smartest person on the planet to come and try to convince me about something and try to, from a you know, systematic theology standpoint, argue with me or debate with me about this all i know is in verse 15 he said i know your works that doesn't take greek it doesn't take hebrew it doesn't take it said works amen he's looking at our actions and he's asking us about how we're going about he's looking at this church and he's very specific he says i know your works he says that you are neither cold nor hot he says i could wish you were cold or hot that there was a, a distinction. See, if we're cold, God understands. He'll work on us. If we're, caught, we're hot, there's no problem. We're on fire for God. But what he says here is this. I could wish you were cold or hot. He says, so then because you are lukewarm. He says, and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. What he's talking about is what the Bible would call mixture. 
When we're wanting the best of both worlds. Can I have an amen? When, when, when we're, we're, we, we want to be saved and we want to do right. But you know, I like to go to Sweet Jimmy's on Saturday night too. I want to be saved. I want to be right. But you know what? Man, I want to cheat on my wife. And saints, I can't sit here as your pastor, and, and I don't believe Jesus. He doesn't want us to have mixture in our life. And so, and, and we have to get away from, as congregation, just trying to, well, we don't want to say that. We don't want to offend anybody. Well, listen, don't take it up with me. Take it up with God. And if you can whoop God, then you can change it. But if you can't whoop God, then... The... <laughs> can I have an Amen then let's just do what God said and stop worrying about it. So, so what happens is, he says here, lukewarmness, mixture, is an issue, it's a problem within the body of Christ. God knows that we're not perfect. But if there's something in us that desires perfection, we're desiring God to sanctify us and put us in place, and we're willing to humble ourselves when God brings correction like he does here, we're going to see, then, then, we're on, then we're on the right path. But if we think that we can just be Christians and be lukewarm, then what happens is we're putting ourselves, number one, we're putting ourselves in odd with God. And then number two, most people who have lived this kind of lifestyle understand that it's a very hard life to live. When you know to do right and you, you want to do right, but then you just keep doing wrong and, you're just, and it puts you in a position where you, you develop what I would call spiritual schizophrenia. And it's hard because your conscience is telling you, don't do that. And then your flesh is saying, that would be fun. And the Holy Spirit is saying, don't you do that. I love you. Come out of that. And then the devil is saying, "Mm -mm mm-mm-mm, isn't she cute? And then your flesh is saying, the Lord is saying, stay away from that. And the world is saying, who you think you are? You think you're better than us? At some point in time, we have to do either or. I, I suggest we choose the latter. To say, God, I'm taking all my eggs and I'm throwing them into your basket. And I'm going to be hot on fire, passionately in love with you to do what you're asking me to do and to become what you want me to become. And I'm not going back to what I used to go back to because, God, you want me to be hot. You want me to be hot. He says when we have mixture in our lives, it causes us to get into a place where Jesus has, he has, he has issue with us. And it says here, he says that he would spew us out of his mouth. And then he goes down and he says, and he's hitting once again a characteristic of the American church, really in some ways. He says, he says, because you say I am rich and have become wealthy and have need of nothing and do not know that you're wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked, he says... I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire that you may be rich and white garments that you may be clothed and that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed and anoint your eyes with eyes that you might that you may see. You know, one of the greatest deceptions in the in the world is self-deception. And self-deception is, is very, very, it's very, very dangerous, you know, because what will happen is in this church, what he's talking about, and I believe it's in our culture, we see that people think that they are blessed by God, are successful in the sight of God solely on the basis of the, the possessions of the things that they have. And so what happens even from a church standpoint, if we're not watchful, we can think that 
the sign that we're really blessed or that Jesus is with us is because we have a lot of stuff. We have the bling. We have all the stuff. And because we have the stuff, this must be the sign. Now, it may be a sign. But we have to be watchful for this because of this because what we can succumb to is self-deception. Well, God must be happy with me. Look. Look, I got this. Look at all my stuff. Look at my car. Look at my house. Look at my job. I'm blessed. Look at God. Moving. Anointed. You see this? Don't tell me nothing. And even as a church, that's why I think, even for times like this, I love this. I love this. We get ready to move into this big old 83,000 square. Praise God for that. Praise God. Praise Him. But you know what? Is that it? That's a sign? Saints, listen. I love us being in here for a little while. Keep you thinking right. It's not about that. It's about Him. It's about Jesus. The stuff is good. We'll shout. But can we shout now? Can you shout now? Some of us were looking. We're saying, I must not be blessed. I'm living in this one bedroom apartment. Shout. Shout. Say, God, I thank you that I got a roof over my head and that you opened the door for me. I am blessed. And if you bless me with that, I'm still going to shout. Saints, I'm blessed. I'm, hey, you may be driving a hoopty right now, rolling that thing. Roll, tick, lean. Uh-huh. God bless me. I got something to ride in. I'm not catching the bus right now. And even if you're catching the bus, catch the bus. Say, God, I thank you that I'm getting to my destination. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm not blessed just because I got stuff. Can I have an amen in there? How many Christians do I have in this place? It's not. I thank God for the stuff. I'm not against the stuff. Been there, done that. You guys know my history. I thank God. But at the end of the day, if you can't shout in here, If you can't shout in your house now, if you can't shout on your job now, you made me working at Taco Bell's. Go through there. This is the day that the Lord has made, that the Lord has day. And let God, let God God bless you. And build. Look at your neighbor and tell him, you got to build this thing. And what we have to learn to do is, is, and not just think, Not get to the place where we go to this spot in our minds like this church and like what's happening at the end of this age. He says, because you say, I am rich and have need of nothing. I have become wealthy and do not know that you're wretched, miserable, Poor, blind, and naked. And then he says, I counsel you to buy. So he's saying, this is going to cost you. This is going to cost you. Now, now I've done my part. Now, you have responsibility too. He says, I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire that you may be rich, white garments that you may be clothed, that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed, and anoint your eyes with eyes that you may see. This is... He's saying, you, this is going to cost you to get this from me. And as a church, as a ministry, as an individual, are you willing to say, God, whatever it costs, whatever it takes, I've, I'm, I'm, I'm succumbing and giving into your counsel because I want that in my life. 
I want it from the inside and also on the outside. I don't mind God blessing me externally as long as he's prepared me to handle what he's putting in my hand. And so as a church, we got to get back to this. And as a church community, this is the message that needs to spread through this valley. I was driving down the street and just because our service starts at 2 o'clock, just driving around. Passed by a church pastor, and it just dawned on me. How many people in these buildings are really living for God? And how many just come to church? It's a religious thing to do. Jesus is looking at the church, and he's looking at this church, and he's being honest. And I think as we approach the end of this age, this is something that we're going to have to fight and overcome. Look what he says in verse 19. He says, as many as I love, he says, I rebuke and I what? And I what? He says, as many as I love. So the expression of the love of God in our lives is also revealed by his willingness to rebuke us and to chasten us. This is foreign, especially in this area. God just loves you. God just loves you. Oh, the love of God, he just loves you. Oh, love you. God loves you enough to give you a spanking sometimes. And I thank God for it. I thank God that when he sees something in my life, he'll convict me and say, son, you got to get this right. That's the love of God. Is it, it, it's one of the expressions of God's love is his willingness to correct us. And he's doing that to this church. He's telling us, I love you. As many as I love, I'm, I'm, I'm rebuking. and I'm, I love when God comes with an authoritative command of correction in my life. That's okay. I'll take it like a man. I'm wrong. I love it when God says, I'm going to chasten you for a while. I'm going to put you through some fire because I see some things that need to be burned out of your life. But I'm doing it because I love you. Amen. That's okay. We have to learn to expect that from our God because he loves us enough to do that. I don't want him to look at our church or any individual on the sound of my voice and just say, ah, whatever. I want God to say, I love you enough that I'm not going to let you get away with it. Does anyone have any kids in this room? Then you know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. Every now and then you got to say, come here, little Johnny. You're not going to cut up in the grocery store again. <laughs> I want that big wheel. Ah! No, you, yeah, yeah. Wait, wait till we get to the car. <laughs> Can I have an amen? Well, that's what God does with us sometimes. When we have our fits and temper tantrums and screaming and hollering and rebelling and saying, that's, "No, no, come here, here. I'm gonna give you. A, I'm gonna give you a holy anointed spanking." <laughs> I love it. God correct us. But look what he says. I love this. He says in verse 19, B, he says, therefore, be zealous and do what? Repent. Another word we don't hear enough in the church. God says, change your mind, go in a different direction. But he's referencing this self-deception. He's referencing lukewarmness. He's referencing this character quality that's pervasive. And we have to look at it and say, you know what? I am not going to let this happen in my life. And if I am, I am today, I'm going to repent. I'm going to stop. I'm going to go in a different direction because God wants me to be hot. He wants me to be on fire for him. And then he says this, and this is the thing that really just jumps out for this whole passage of Scripture, and, and quite frankly, it bothers me. He says, Behold, 
I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. These people were having church and Jesus was outside knocking on the door. This tells me there's a possibility we can have service. We can turn on the machines. We can kick on the drums. We can turn on the lights, put the projector on. We can open the doors. We can hand out our, our bulletins. And we can have this place packed with people. And we can just go for it and scream and holler. Yeah, have a good time. And Jesus is outside. That's what he just said, right? And so for us as a church, our main responsibility is not to fashion our service as, and design things in the house of God for the sake of drawing people. Our job is to design things, partner with God, so that ultimately it draws him into the building. And if he gets in the building, if he gathers with us, then he'll draw all men unto himself. Can I have an amen? We got to get back to prioritizing why we're having services in the first place. Our first ministry is to God. How are we building in such a way that it attracts his attention? When the way we live, the way we're going after God, I want God, I want him, it, it, I want the Lord to say, you know what, I can't, it, y'all done messed up. I, I, I got to come down and meet y'all. You guys have so designed this thing to bless me that, you know what, even if I wanted to stay away, I can't. Y'all worshiping me like that, living for me like that being obedient to me like that, laying your lives down for me like that, taking care of your business, being great stewards for me like that. Wherever y'all go, I'm going. That's the mindset that we have to develop. But what happens here, we see very clearly, Jesus is standing outside of this church, and it looks good. It's got all the phylactery, but he's not there. Then he stops, and he says, if anyone hears my voice, and opens the door, he says, I will come into him and dine with him and, me, and, and he with me. Ultimately, Jesus Christ, for every person in this room, is looking for a relationship. That he might sit down with you, enjoy you, you would enjoy him. And it becomes a lifestyle where now I'm living for God. I'm not just going to church. I'm living for God. It's my life. It's not something I do on Sundays. Every day is the Lord's day. That every day when you wake up, the first person that's on your mind is God, is the Holy Ghost, is Lord, where are you? I thank you for another day. It becomes a lifestyle that really just begins to affect not only you, but everyone around you. And then he says in verse 21, and we're going to close this out, he says, to him who overcomes. So this is something that we're going to have to fight against. We're going to have to wrestle against. We're going to have to overcome it as a church. We're going to have to overcome it as individuals. On your job, you're going to have people that are lukewarm. They're going to say, it doesn't take all that. It doesn't take all that. It doesn't take all that. Why are you doing all that? It doesn't take all that. Oh, you're just being legalistic. You just got a bunch of rules. You just got a bunch of, I mean, and what they're basically saying is, I don't want any accountability. I really don't want to be obedient. I just want to go to church. I want to punch my ticket and go on. I don't want anybody to mess with me. Don't mess up my system. I was just fine. Don't come in here talking about God. Don't try to, you read your Bible. I never read, but I know God. And I just, can I have an amen? And, and when you come, people don't want it. But what happens is we have to overcome that. 
We have to overcome it. We have to overcome it. And he says, the person that overcomes, he says, I will grant to sit with me on my throne as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. And then he says, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. I love this. This is what my old pastor, Pastor James Davis, would say. He said, this literally means he that has an ear, let him hear with the intent of obeying. I'm hearing with the intent of obeying. I want to hear what the Spirit of God saying, but I want to hear with the intent of obeying. Saints, this afternoon, I'm challenging you. I'm challenging myself. I'm saying, Lord, is there, is there more? I, there's got to be more of myself that I could give to you. And you're listening to Pastor Napoleon Kaufman here today on Times of Refreshing. Our desire is to see you grow in Christ through the daily ministry of God's Word. And as you take time to spend with us studying God's Word, we trust you are being encouraged in Christ. You can reach out to us by phone, 925-292-7800, 925-292-7800, or write to us, Times of Refreshing, 2333 Nissan Drive. Livermore, California. The zip code is 94551. You're also welcome to visit our website, thewellchurch.net. It's a great place to visit if you would like information regarding who we are, where we meet, what we're about. Past sermons are available online there, as well as our online store. And you can even get connected with us there. Again, thewellchurch.net. I would invite you to join us on either our church app, at our website, thewellchurch.net, or on our YouTube channel for our weekly message at 1030. Pastor Napoleon will share a message from the Lord just like he used to with his program, Hope of Glory. And remember to be faithful as well during this time of challenge with your giving. You can give online through our website, through the church app, or by mail to the church office. And we are praying and standing on his truths during this time and remembering that God is in control and we're praying for you. Thank you for joining us today. Until next time, God bless.